Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Yeah, it is The Rob Carson Show, and it is officially, what is it? It's Dinosaur Month. That's what it is. Uh, Pride Month has been uh, replaced with Dinosaur Month. A lot of Gen Zers are going, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, if this is Pride Month, what happened last month? I think we got enough crap last month with Target and Dylan Mulvaney and all that. So, honestly, there you go, left. This is what you get. This is what you get. You ruined it. You ruined the party for everybody. You ruined it for uh, all of the people who've tried to make uh, some in-runs and some, and some gains as far as the gay community in the country. You got gay marriage and everything. And then they, the left decided to do what they always do, put the pedal to the metal, and really wreck everything so uh happy dinosaur month that's what it is it is happy dinosaur month uh we got a lot of things on the plate including uh this hour friend of the show who you heard a bit of just a few minutes ago yeah that wasn't donald trump that was a sean farish sean farish he is the official uh impressionist donald trump impressionist and by the way one of the best no the best Donald Trump voice impressionist in the country who I've been working with for as long as you've been listening to. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour and we're going to hash some things out. We're going to talk a little bit about the budget and very little about that because there's other stuff going on that's very positive. I do want to mention uh, uh, just a couple little things here with regard to the budget. Last night I'm watching before the vote and then I just turned off the TV because I was utterly frustrated and and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was on with Rob Schmidt and and for a moment and this is this is how they play us in DC they they get us to thinking maybe they're going to do something and then they don't yesterday I said on the show that uh, Kevin McCarthy and and the deep state they all knew when they used the emergency powers of the federal government to increase the federal budget by 40 percent they they all knew, at least a good share of them, knew that those uh, spending increases would never go away. So their victory dance was already over. All yesterday did was codify it. And when it goes into the Senate, it's all it's going to do. It's going to codify it. Congratulations. The government used a crisis to, uh, to spend even more of our money and drive us into the pits of hell. And our children, there you go. So now we know. Now we know what we are facing. Uh, the people in Washington, D.C. who are there, and there are some good people, okay, but, uh, but realize that this iteration of government 
with the House in control by uh, Republicans and uh, the Senate in control of Democrats and Joe Biden in the White House, chances are nothing really good is going to happen in the next couple of years. Maybe a little bit. Uh, it, it'll have to happen with regard to Joe Biden and his criminality. Uh, maybe there's going to be some positives there. That maybe there's going to be some exposure of all the fraud and, and malfeasance in D.C. But by and large, we're kind of on our own. So just wanted you to know that. We're on our own. We're going to be fine. We're going to be cool, but at least we know not to be hopeful about what's happening in Washington, D.C. It gives us something to focus on, which is the coming presidential election. But here last night is MTG, and this, these are the last dying throes of hope for me that something positive might happen. She was asked about the Republican budget they came up with in the House that Kevin McCarthy immediately put in the paper shredder to bend over for Joe Biden. That bill is something that we are proud of. It cut, it cut nearly $5 trillion in spending. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was incredible. I'm, I mean, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But the reality is that Chuck Schumer in the Senate won't do anything with that bill. And he's already prepared with 60 votes to send a clean debt ceiling raise to the House along with a Ukraine supplemental because Lindsey Graham is demanding more money for Ukraine. That's the reality we're looking at. In the House right now, Democrats signed a discharge petition that they can release a clean debt ceiling bill and they only need a handful of Republicans. So we are barely hanging on to an opportunity to pass the bill that actually does save the American people money, not as much money as we had in our other bill, but it does have a savings, but it has a powerful... Only only the uh, the uh, the Republicans would parlay something positive into a crap show, and that's what they did. Here is MTG talking about all the glorious things they'll be, to be able to do, uh, for instance, to defund some of these things, and uh, apparently uh, that's not the case. And what we can do with this tool that we've been given with Thomas Massey's CR plan and appropriations is we can use our appropriations because it'll be signed into law with 12 separate bills where we can do things like defund the FBI headquarters. They don't deserve that. They don't deserve brand new nice headquarters after they've been targeting pro-life activists and targeting parents at school boards. Uh, Merrick Garland's DOJ needs to be held accountable after the unconstitutional raid at Mar-a-Lago and how he's going Okay, so here's some more promises, and here's Chip Roy saying all that she just said is bullcrap. We're not going to constrain the regulatory state. We're going to do a waivable administrative pay-go. Great, we'll pass a bill next week. Yay us. It'll die in the Senate. A complete punt to SCOTUS on the Biden administration's unfair half-trillion-dollar student loan bailout Billions in COVID dollars left untouched to fund things like vaccines and COVID-19 testing and the loss of our biggest leverage points to force Biden to actually secure the southern border. Yeah, there you go. So at least we now know that uh, uh, nothing good is going to really happen until we completely upset the apple cart with somebody new in the White House uh, and we have essentially a new American revolution. That's that's basically it. I want to go to Shane in Australia. Hello, Shane. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show, and thanks for holding, my friend. How are you today? Yeah, g'day, Rob. Love, loving your program, mate, and loving your um, your representation of um, you know what's going on in your country. And it's the same in in this country. We've been having uh, serious problems with, um, I'd say, foreign interests that have got uh, <laughs> great, you know real problems with um, you know our development in our country. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, uh, the the leadership of Australia has made uh, Australia into a bleep show as well, particularly with regard to COVID. They did some of the same uh, BS in Australia, but actually even worse than what happened in the United States. 
Well, you know, what I, I'll just give it to you straight, Rob. You know, what, what amazed me, you know, you lost tens of thousands of blokes in World War One and World War Two, and we lost um, a huge amount of our population fighting for our freedoms and the ability for new generations to uh, live in, you know, basically peace and um, contribute to a, a world that uh, new generations would um, be uh, happy to be in. But um, we're seeing generations now with um, really serious problems in this country. Since the COVID and um, everything was locked down, looking at generational behaviour, um, what could go wrong? wrong, wrong? Um, two years of being locked down with, um, you know, violent video games and all the other things that they were locked down with, in their rooms, uh, you know, since the lockdown, 63% rise in youth crime under 16s. Uh, they're running a muck, running into houses and all that. But my main concern is the conditioning of these devices and the other technologies, and that's what I've been involved in for a couple of decades now, looking at uh, ways of helping uh, people in this country and other countries too in regards to the foreign corporatised um, exposure of a lot of technologies, gaming machines, mobile phones and all that. They're not safe, Rob, and, you know, we don't hear it on the media because um, our media sort of corrupted in and uh, got an, a vested interest. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have a feeling, and there are underpinnings of a, a worldwide revolution against this uh, this new world order, this uh, world economic for, uh, forum uh, cabal. It, it it exists in capitals around the around the world, including in Australia and Washington D.C. and and it's just going to have to take uh, the people of the world to say no. I think we're well on our way. We just need to figure out a plan when we have people who uh, are in leadership who are actively working against us shane we've got to figure out a a plan but i do uh, i do appreciate your phone call i gotta go let's go to sean in live oak california hello sean welcome to the uh, rob carson show what's on your mind well greetings from west libertardia yes yes what's but, happening uh, but what i've been thinking of especially with with this uh, budget deal is we need to start uh perfecting some instruments to retribution yeah and one of the ways I think we could do this is we need to come up with a good hard number that you can bring to court of the government's um, dealing with COVID and how many lives they lost yeah. and compared to the number of lives we lost from COVID. Yes. And you'll be able to prove the criminal incompetence or criminal negligence. Well, there is, Sean, there is a, a suit going forward against Joe Biden and members of the administration with regard to uh, COVID shutdowns, uh, COVID injuries. There are some people who were injured from the vaccine who were uh, shut down by the uh, the CDC, the HHS, and uh, big social media. So I don't know exactly what that's going to do, but it is a uh, probably not a bad start, uh, considering that uh, it doesn't look like Congress is going to hold anybody accountable there isn't going to be any uh, nuremberg trial for um for what the government did to us during covid um it, but uh but there's going to have to be payback eventually it may not happen now but it has to uh, it has to happen eventually um what do you have any suggestion sean do you have any suggestion what we should do what we what should we do to send a message to washington dc uh we've got we've got uh, july the 4th coming up uh, i'm 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 just kind of throwing some ideas out here what can we do uh that would send the same message to our government that we did to bud light any idea well i'm just thinking especially when you're talking about uh, democrats uh, i was just thinking what uh, ann rand said in, in her book atlas shrugged whoever abdicates their mind 
evicts themselves from reality. <laughs> and, that's, right. and that's the uh, that's the thing that I see is this: that they've we're dealing with people that have evicted themselves from rea- from reality. Yeah, yeah, and I and I keep saying and I and I keep hearing from people like Victor Davis Hanson. What we have to do is we have to give them a resounding no. Uh, We have to say no. Uh, We're already doing that with woke nonsense. Now we need to figure out a way that the government will hear us pounding our feet and saying no. And they've done their level best to shut us down. They shut us down with COVID. They took away the First Amendment. They stole uh, the 2020 election with the FBI and the the CIA. They tried to steal the 2016. Um, I can go on and on. They've got people in the uh, legal, uh, uh, in the judiciary who are crooked, who reject any voter lawsuits that actually really have grounds to show that there is malfeasance as far as elections are concerned. So we need to, I guess, figure out a way to get around all of the things that we face to finally send a message to Washington, D.C., we're not cool with this anymore. We are well, not cool with this anymore. Well, when I was talking about this uh, retribution idea, yeah, I'm just thinking that uh, people that are in the uh, news industry need to come up with this uh, number. I mean, I'm just talking about principles, but I don't have a hard number that you can bring to court. Yeah. What we need to do is come up with a hard number that you can bring to court and start bringing court proceedings. All right. Well, that's an idea. Thanks for the call, Sean. I do appreciate it. Um, coming up, John Kirby, Kirby, the National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications, was confronted with a new poll that shows that despite all the censorship, the American people know that Joe Biden is uh, crooked as hell. All right. So we've got that coming up. And then also some January the 6th stuff, including John Solomon of Just the News. He has been given access, and some other people have given access to the January the 6th tapes. So this is a positive, and he's going to share, or I will share with you what he said about what he's found. That's on the way. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Ron Carson Show. All right, so now we know that really there's not a lot we're going to be able to do as far as uh, spending is concerned. The uh, the Republican Party is kind of uh, capitulated, given Joe Biden more than we ever, I guess, uh, imagine that we would do, given him unlimited uh, spending, uh, basically obliterating the debt ceiling. It's it's essentially our worst nightmare. And uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy said he wasn't going to do it. I'll be interested to see what uh, what the uh, the Freedom Caucus does as far as the removal of uh, of Kevin McCarthy. If they're going to fulfill their promise, or if Kevin McCarthy is going to make up a bunch of excuses about how he had no uh, no ability to do anything about it. Uh, they they came up with a little plan in Congress that was immediately shredded. So I don't know what the point about whining about Joe Biden not coming to the table for ninety days does us anymore because after those 90 days we finally get here Kevin McCarthy takes the plan that uh, Republicans come up with and then just trashed it so it's like we don't really have uh, a representation to be quite honest um, so you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it I'm not gonna hope that maybe maybe Rand Paul will come up with something maybe somebody will come up with something because every time I do that uh, you know, you know how it is. We uh, we get our hopes dashed. We get our hopes up, and then we're always let down. That's what we have to live with. Okay, but there are some positives. Things are cutting through, like Joe Biden's family being incredibly corrupt. 
Do you know why I think Joe Biden's family is corrupt? Because I'm not stupid. You know why I think that Hunter Biden's laptop was for real? Because I'm not stupid. Do you know why I know that the Biden family, thanks to hundreds and hundreds of uh, of bank records that have been exposed by Congress, uh, that have been proven that uh, Joe Biden is getting money from China and and, and, uh, other uh, countries that could be our enemies like Ukraine and like Russia and distributing it to his family? Because I'm not stupid. So that's the positive there. They can say all they want in Washington, D.C., but we know the truth about this stuff. And eventually, I believe it's going to be uh, it's going to be gotten out. John Kirby is the uh, National Security Council coordinator. You know what I'm talking about. And yesterday he uh, he responded to a Harvard Harris poll that found that 53 percent of Americans, including over 25 percent of Democrats, believe Joe Biden was involved with his son in an illegal influence peddling operation. And here. Here is the question and John Kirby's answer. 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Now, now, what he's doing here is he is um, attempting to do kind of a filibuster. He is laughing off a, uh, a study that shows the American people have studied this, have looked at all the evidence, have heard the news stories, and they have said to themselves that they know that Joe Biden is corrupt. All right. And here is John Kirby attempting to dis- dispel all of that by just saying Joe Biden has already talked about it. But... If that were the case, then 53% of us wouldn't say that Joe Biden and his family are corrupt. President, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. Okay, that's what he said. And then he walked off like that's going to be good enough. Well, it's not going to be good enough. And a nice try. And then there's this. Check this out. So the FBI has confirmed the existence of an informant file that uh, Congress, uh, that, that the FBI refuses to turn over. This apparently $5 million bribery scheme involving Joe Biden when he was the vice president. Jim Comer says today FBI Director Ray confirmed the existence of the FD-1023 form alleging then-President Biden engaged in a criminal bribery scheme with a foreign national. And apparently they had a phone call yesterday. Newsmax was all over it. Here is what happened on the phone call. Apparently not a whole that lot. That call was set to take place just about an hour and a half ago, and a GOP source told me that the phone call between House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and the FBI's Director Christopher Wray did not go well. They added that the temperature is just simply too high. There's been a lot of posturing on both ends. You'll remember that the FBI is insisting that they're not willing to hand over that document. Oversight says they haven't even acknowledged that they have this document because they're worried about confidentiality, giving up human sources. Yeah, that's their. Uh, that's the reason why they didn't want to release the January the 6th tapes, because there are uh, FBI associates in the crowd, infiltrated into the crowd. Which the Oversight Committee has sought to make many assurances here that they would provide protections. They wouldn't reveal 
reveal who that person is uh, that is, again, giving out this, this document, this unclassified FD-1023 document. But again, remember that this phone call is taking place a day after that deadline, that missed deadline. So we know that the House Oversight Committee is going to go move forward with those contempt uh, proceedings to hold them in contempt of Congress. That is something that we've also heard from the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. They've okay, and, and we'll see. But, you know, honestly, uh, you can lie to Congress if you're a Democrat. You could probably hold Congress in contempt as a as a uh, FBI director. So who the heck knows? Uh, on the way, some great news on January the 6th and the videotapes. Also, a caught the stupid update in the city where I call home right now. And lots of gender confusion on the way, as well as Sean Ferris, the nation's number one Trump impressionist, coming up next. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Why we know Joe Biden and the Democrats caused a 40-year high inflation. When factories that make these ships shut down, ships shut down. Because we're not stupid. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline is Sean Farish. He is the official uh, Donald Trump impressionist on the radio show and uh, one of the, actually, the best Donald Trump impressionists in the country. Uh, hello, Sean. How you doing today, brother? Rob, doing great. Good to be here with you. Um, yeah, it's it's great, and and uh, I always appreciate the love we get on your on the Rob Carson show. Yeah, let me uh, ask you this: uh, Did you realize today is June the first? And I I thought last month was uh, Gay Pride Month, but apparently, <laughs> but apparently today begins Gay Pride Month after uh, the uh, Tarjay thing, after the uh, Dodgers Stadium thing, after the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Uh, this is Pride Month, Sean. Can you believe it? I thought it was already over. Yeah, I've got my pride flag flying, but it's got 50 stars and then 13 stripes. So uh, that's what I'm proud. I'm proud to be an American. Um, and then, look, if you want to be proud to be who you are, that's fine. Uh, I think where people started to draw the line is don't target kids. There's no reason for a place like Kohl's to be putting out onesies for a three-month-old yep. that says, ask me my pronouns. And every time you talk to a kid, it's usually like, hey, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? You know, like little silly, innocent little questions, not these uh, questions that are clearly geared towards some sort of sick agenda. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was last month, too. Uh, I guess maybe they're trying to maybe they're trying to take more ground here. Maybe they're going to get two months soon. I don't know. It's been going on since April, it seems like. So uh, I guess happy Pride Month to you, too. Yeah, you know what, Sean? This is what the left does. They always overreach. They always overdo it, and they ruin things. Like, for instance, in America's cities, Democrat-run cities, they overreacted to uh, what happened in Minneapolis with George Floyd. He did not need to die, blah, blah, blah. We've already been there. But they chose to throw a temper transfer and wreck the place. And and then they said that uh, a bunch of a bunch of liberals went in and said to the, the poor black people who live in these cities, we need to get rid of the police because they're so mean. And the... Uh, the people in those cities said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And now, uh, you know, the, the cities like Kansas City, by the way, had a record-breaking Memorial Day with murders. Same way with Chicago, 53 people shot, 12 
killed in Chicago. So they always come up with these brilliant ideas. They think, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And they ended up uh, overreaching and ruining everything. And then we're here to pick up the pieces. It's, uh, it's, that's just what the left does. But I say, you know, let them do it. Because, honestly, uh, we're going to have to pick up the pieces anyway, Sean. Yeah, and, and they're overreaching now, too, with the border, with Title 42 expiring. And, look, you know, all the COVID emergency stuff is gone, and so Title 42 really doesn't have the legal precedent to stay in place, right? But uh, look at places like Chicago. There are cities in, and communities within the larger city of Chicago that are pushing back against the influx of illegal immigrants. You have New York. You have Eric Adams, who now wants to revoke the sanctuary city status. The, by the way, same sanctuary city status that he campaigned on. Uh, you see it happening in places like Georgia. There was a representative in yeah. Georgia. Her name is Misha Mayner, a self-described open Democrat who is blowing the whistle on what the Democrat Party is doing in Georgia at the state level, uh, the state level representatives who are coming out and, and basically that they're basically strong arming these reps to voting in favor of teachers unions instead of voting in favor of kids. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, and like we've always said, they always overreach. And one of the things they really love to do is they love to always fail their own tests. We go back to this all the time, and I, we make the joke all the time, Pocahontas, yeah. you know, Pocahontas. She's the only person in the history of the world to fail a DNA test. I mean, how could you do that? And yet we see that happen, right? So it's true. I mean, they, they never pass their own tests, whether it's racism, segregation. We now have, uh, oh, yeah. have black-only graduations. I mean, it's almost like you're going to get to a point, and this is not in fourth case, but you're going to get yes. to a point where, like, we're going to hear that, well, the black, uh, the back of the bus is for black people only and the white people aren't allowed there. What's well, like, yeah. the fight to get out of that? Like, yeah, that, that's exactly, you are exactly right. It's funny because they are literally are segregating uh, uh, classes for graduation. They're segregating majors. Uh, they're telling, uh, you know, they're, they're, they are excluding people from uh, medical school. I can go on and on. They're literally turning back the clock to, uh, to segregated America. It's laughable because the left always ends up eating their own. Let me ask you this, Sean, because you're, what would you consider, are you a Gen Z or are you a millennial? You're right on the cusp, are you? I was born in 91, so I think that makes me a millennial. I'm not Gen Z. Uh, yeah, you're pretty close. Old, so yeah, I'm, I'm a millennial, I think. And my generation, I apologize for them, by the way. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I don't like to just say all millennials are this way. But uh, I, I am, for instance, I'm a part of Generation X. Not all of us are uh, conservative. Not all of us are, uh, you know, some of us are snowflakes. And, and, but there is a, uh, you know, there are some things that unite us. We were the last uh, generation to not have cell phones when we grew up. We were the last generation that was really not indoctrinated to the left in schools. We were the last generation to not wear bike helmets for just going outside. Uh, you know, we were the last generation to have sunburn and skin knees. And then we, uh, then come the millennials. But I want to ask you uh, this as a millennial, uh, when you look at what happened in Congress yesterday with regard to this uh, this debt ceiling and and the Republican Party, once again, uh, I guess I, I don't even know what, if it's called it punting or if it's called uh, capitulating. But but what happened yesterday is that um, we we took uh, we we let Joe Biden run all over us, even though he has the lowest approval rating of any president.
president in our lifetimes that 66% of Americans say if he's reelected, it'll be disastrous for the country. 72% of us say we're going in the wrong direction. And then yesterday, it's like he has a 100% approval rating, and Kevin McCarthy says, okay, we'll get everything you want. What are your thoughts on that, Sean, not only as a, as a person, but also a member of your generation? Uh, who's uh, going to end up uh, paying for this incredible debt the rest of your lives and your children's lives? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's indicative, and there may not be a lot of millennials right now who are in Congress, but it's indicative of the culture that people in my generation grew up, uh, grew up around, basically the participation trophy, like, oh, well, we tried, so give me my pat on the back, give me my award, and let's keep playing. You know, you make the analogy of punting, and I love football. I always love football. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, the whole story about how I came to be and kind of well, came to be in terms of being alive is because – uh, my parents really bonded over the New York Jets, which means they are the reason I'm alive and will soon be the death of me, believe it or not. But <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but, no, I love football. And usually when you punt, it's a strategic decision, right, to flip the field and play defense and get the ball in a better field position than when yeah. you kicked it off to the opponent. Yeah. We're not getting better field position. Every time Republicans no. punt, we're not getting better field position. We're just participating and then expecting to get pats on the back for participating, you know, a la the participation trophy. McCarthy, I'm sure, comes at it like the soft, squishy California Republican that he is. You know, oh, if I'm nice to them now, they'll be nice to me later. Yeah, Never yeah. the case. Not the case. Those are the old rules. We don't do that anymore. Um, and he's just ready to play patty cake with Joe Biden. I mean, this guy got outmaneuvered by a guy who can't figure out how to open an umbrella. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, you know, yes, and, and, yes. and, and that's where we are. And I'm yeah. tired of it. I just want to see people come out and win. Like, in terms of a football fan, I'm a Bill Parcells guy. Like, you know, he was out there insulting his players when they dropped passes and tough love. Like, that's what we have to play by. And unfortunately, we've gone to the hugging Herman Edwards type of of play. And and it's like, it's okay. You go get them next time. And like, really, it isn't, though, because there might not be next time. Now, Sean, you're a New Yorker and you uh, you just moved to Nashville. You're you're in Tennessee now. So you you still love your football teams, but you got the hell out of New York. Uh, how's that going so far? How do you like living in a state where there's where there's no uh, income tax and uh, and all of the other nonsense that you commonly associated with New York and other big Democrat-run cities? Uh, it's nice. I mean, I'm in a Democrat city now in Nashville, but yeah, it's not yeah. the same. It's not the same shade of blue. Let's go ahead and say like uh, yeah. like New York. Now we were on when I lived in New York. I was on Long Island, and Long Island just recently had a uh, a political. I want to say in the nicest way possible, revolution or a, a turning over, essentially, of how Long Islanders acted. We all came together during COVID, and, yeah. uh, you know, well, both counties of Long Island are now, you know, pretty red, solidly red, conservative, but it's New York City that dictates the policies of the state. Um, you have a crime wave and a cashless bail problem that is stretching far beyond New York City. There's a guy I've been, I talked to the Zeldin campaign about this guy. We still look at him, friends of mine upstate in, in uh, in uh, the count with the Otsego County, that's been yeah. in and out of jail. I want to say twenty times before I left New York since like October, right? This guy just keeps going in and out, firearms and narcotics yeah. and all sorts of terrible offenses. Um, but getting out of New York, I always say, is the best decision I've ever made. Uh, getting into a free state where we can plant our roots and uh, they're free for us to to run a business and free for us to to live, uh, you know, and be shielded from some of the uh, offenses of the federal government has been the best decision I've ever made. And I tell everybody. You know, it's a long game. Pack the red states, give those red states more electoral power, uh, and then they can't, quote-unquote, fly over them anymore. And, and, you know, and and federalism, I think, is the way to win back the country. It may take 10, 20 years, but that's the way to do it.
Well, I've been talking about the uh, Convention of States um, and, and hoping that we could make that happen. It's, it's a slow slog. They keep adding states, but I think it's really one of the only things we can do because, honestly, uh, Sean, I, I don't have any uh, hope that things will get better uh, as long as Joe Biden is in the White House, as long as the Democrats have control of the Senate, and we have uh, Kevin McCarthy as a House Speaker. Let me ask you about this, man. I mean, we're talking about Kevin McCarthy booting him out of his position if he, you know, he, he had to make some promises and he appears to have broken a number of them. Uh, and I'm thinking about this, uh, you know, about booting him from the speakership, which I'm, I'm worried that, that nobody's going to do. But, but more importantly, who would we replace him with? And would Republicans even play along if we decided to put Byron, uh, Byron Donalds as the Speaker of the House? I, I'd love to see it. I'm just not sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure what's possible right now, to be quite honest. True, and that's the guy who I was going to say, Byron yeah. Donalds, would be the one that I would choose to lead the party forward. Um, I think he's a rock star. I think he's uh, he's solid. He's uh, he's one of those immovable objects, right? Like he's yeah, man. he's so he's he's got such strong convictions. You see him going on CNN after the Trump town hall. Oh yeah, he's holding his ground. You know, he's not getting bullied. You're not going to push him around. And um, again, that's the new generation of conservative that's starting to rise through the party. And I think that's what scares the pants off of. These older conservative or older Republicans are not conservatives. These older Republicans that are in the party, like a McCarthy, uh, even to an extent, you know, a Jim Jordan, who is very, very strong in his convictions. But, yeah. I mean, action is what I'm looking for. I mean, this is James yeah. Comer's time now as the House Oversight Committee chairman, and he's he's following through so far. I yeah. want to see contempt of Congress hearings, uh, you know, happen if, if they don't get that FD-1023 from the FBI. But if, if the Republicans do decide, the Patriot 20 do decide to invoke that motion to vacate one vote, it would be Byron Donalds. That would be the pick that I'd make. Yeah, that would be me too. Uh, now, just back to your the reason, one of the main reasons we have you on, not only of your uh, astute uh, observations politically, but also the fact that you do the best Donald Trump impression ever, ever, ever. Uh, remind everybody how you got discovered and, and when you decided to do this. And then ultimately, like you're on a new commercial with Newsmax now that I've seen on Newsmax. Well, how did this all start? So uh, it was funny because I was doing work with the Loud Majority on Long Island. We were doing all this activism, and I had a friend that uh, came to me through that movement and was just like, you know, you do a really good Trump impersonation. I'd been doing it for a while. Uh, I discovered that I could sound like Donald Trump bowling at a work event in 2016. Guy throws a strike. Uh, yeah. Those are, look like Rosie O'Donnell at an all-you-could-eat buffet. Well, everything was all over the place. Complete disaster. Destruction. It was beautiful. Oh, you sound like Trump, you know, so I start doing that. I've always been a weather hobbyist. It's like little... Little, I used to do a little sketch like uh, Trump weather forecast, right? It's going to rain, catch it. It's going to snow so much you can build a snowman bigger than Chris Christie. Incredible. <laughs> you know, and, and we could, you know, we do all those types of things. Guy goes, you know, go on TikTok. And I was like, oh, TikTok, China. We don't want to do China. We don't like China. And so uh, I did it, and then it started going viral. There's some cat in a hat things and, you know, little I love it. remixes of Dr. Seuss and uh, sitting in the shotgun seat in my French truck. I recorded the Trump GPS, which was the first one that oh, went yes. viral. You know, yeah. take a left. If you go too far left, you, you reach Bernie Sanders, you know, and all sorts yes. of great stuff. And um, and then it, it went all over the place. It, it got shared everywhere. It. it was one of Donald Trump's first three truths on Truth Social. And, I love it. yeah, now, uh, you know, our good friend Carl Higby, he's on Newsmax. He's got a yeah. great show, Frontline, and yeah. uh, the Alinus app. You know, we do that to, to, to put them on the map, and it seems to be working out pretty well.
All right. Well, Sean, I greatly appreciate it. you've also done all the impressions on this show. You've done the sh- the songs that we've done. We'll we'll uh, for yeah. those who missed for those of you who missed Donald Trump calling in. Sean Farish has Donald Trump earlier. We'll repeat that before the end of the show. But Sean, uh, Godspeed, brother. I- I'm I'm ever optimistic about the country, and I know that we're going to win. Good is going to win, Sean. Par- patriotic Americans are going to win. I want you to think about this. We got to go in about twenty seconds. Think about July the fourth this year, and maybe you and me and conservatives everywhere collaborating to send a message to Washington, D.C. this Independence Day that we're done with their crap. Okay? Can you think about that? See what we can do. Yeah, let's, de- let's declare our independence from the regime. I'm all about it. I'm all, all about right. it. All right, my brother. You take care of yourself. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. I want to thank Sean Ferris for being on the show, and we will play him as the president next hour. We had a little technical difficulty when he called in the last time, but anyway, it was great to have Sean Ferris on. And uh, yeah, look what's, well, look what's possible in the country. As a uh, somebody who was uh, essentially uh, kind of a blue-collar worker, all of a sudden he is a political pundit out of his own studio, and he does a killer, uh, he does a killer Donald Trump impression. So, uh, by the way, Chicago, Chicago, and I think what we're going to have to do with a lot of these Democrat-run cities is uh, let them burn. And I'm not talking about burning like what Antifa did and what Black Lives Matter did to them in the summer of 2020, but let them go to hell in a handbasket. Uh, they said that they wanted uh, to defund the police now they're uh, now they're living with it unfortunately a lot of people are suffering because of it uh what else have they done uh not only have they defunded the police but they've also said that they were sanctuary cities now uh, all of a sudden that the um, the illegals are being sent there they're collapsing and so, you know, if they're going to live by these rules, then, then they should die by these rules. And, and honestly, uh, we are, as a, as a country, we're doing the right thing. We're moving out of these areas. We're moving to states where there are more freedom. And we'll just have to let those die on the vine. But Chicago's new mayor is already blaming Memorial Day weekend violence in the city on um, community disinvestment and poverty. That's what he's saying. He's a disinvestment uh, and, uh, and, uh, and poverty. Now, the poverty was created by life decisions of the people who live in Chicago. All right? That's it. Uh, there are a lot of things that get you to being poverty-stricken when you're in middle age, and uh, they're generally yours. They're generally, whether you stayed in school, they're generally whether you, have, uh, you are driven. But we are not born into a caste system. I know that a lot of people in Black Lives Matter would like to say, or, or uh, Kamala Harris would like to say, you know, uh, uh, equity, we need equity because a lot of people aren't born in equal circumstances, uh, meaning that what she's saying is that people of color are always born uh, in, in poverty and uh, white people are always born with a lot of money. That's not the case. I grew up as a poor uh, white kid. I grew up on a farm. Uh, we didn't eat at McDonald's until I was like 16 years old. We never had a pizza delivery. Uh, at one point, we had government cheese. But I did something with it. I did something with it. 
and unfortunately, we have that uh, that uh, failed Democrat policy happening in cities like Chicago, Baltimore, prime examples. And the Democrat Party's only solution is uh, uh, yellow-vested peacekeepers going out into troubled neighborhoods. Didn't work out so well in Chicago over the weekend. And then Democrats, uh, the ultimate is um, is this reparations movement, which essentially... Uh, uh, covers for the failed policies of the Democrat Party for the last um, 50 years. And all of this is because of Democrat policy. And most recently, it was the Great Society when I was a toddler, Lyndon Johnson, that effectively uh, destroyed the uh, the black family. Then you've got the uh, the culture. Uh, there are cultural movements in the country. I mean, if you look at, like, entertainment culture, 1960s, 1970s versus now, music culture, uh, 1960s, 1970s versus now, you can blame it on that too. So uh, all of these uh, new ideas that uh, Chicago mayor has, uh, they aren't going to work. Brandon Johnson is saying that this is all about community disinvestment. Well, why are the communities disinvesting? Because nobody wants to do business there because they get robbed blind. So if you are uh, blaming this on community disinvestment in poverty, you're missing the boat. This is the cultural phenomena. Coming up, I've got a, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. I've got to catch the stupid update uh, from my, uh, the town that I call home, which is Kansas City. I do want to get to the John Solomon audio on January the 6th. A really funny gender confusion update on the way. And Target is getting bomb threats, but not from conservatives, from the radical LGBT community. That's all coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is the Rob Carson Show. This is the final hour of the Rob Carson Show, and we've still got a bunch of stuff that you need to get to. If you'd like to uh, chime in today, 800-922-6680. Yeah, the January 6th video, Kevin McCarthy gave to John Solomon. And uh, we'll have some words from John Solomon. One second, John Solomon has done this. Uh, he's a terrific journalist. He's got just the news, and uh, and I respect him a lot. And uh, of course, the the media is going and saying they're saying, "Oh yeah, they they gave the the uh, video to a right wing extremist." John Solomon is not a white uh, right stream uh, right wing extremist. He may uh, tend to lean conservative, but he's also a an amazing journalist. And so uh, hopefully we will. We will hear some about this and pick up where Tucker Carlson left off. I had mentioned to you that Tucker Carlson, and I still believe why Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox, was because of uh, insubordination. 
he had uh, gotten the January the 6th tapes. He had done a, an expose starting on Monday, I believe it was March 6th. And uh, that day, Chuck Schumer said to Fox News, get rid of this, stop it. And uh, the, the first report exonerated Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman. He's been out of prison, by the way, hasn't been interviewed yet. But he was released from prison. He's supposed to be this bad guy. He's supposed to be the one who, you know, incited all this violence. And then also uh, exonerated the crowd for supposedly killing a police officer. And that was on the first night. And then Chuck Schumer told Fox, shut it down, shut it down. Mitch McConnell was down with it, too. And Tucker, it went away. The next night it was gone. And I was like, what is going on? Well, the, the videotape hasn't gone away, thank God, and John Solomon has it. So I'll have that in one second. I do want to mention a, a latest morning consult survey with regard to uh, the presidential race. Shows Donald Trump leading Ron DeSantis by 34 points in the primary Republican race. A majority, 56%, support him compared to 22% who uh, support DeSantis. 71% uh, of Republicans say they trust Trump to handle the economy compared to 19% who said the same of DeSantis. Nearly three-quarters, 72% trust Trump to handle relations with China. 18% said the same of DeSantis. I think that uh, we need to invest our energy in the people in Washington, D.C. who we trust, like Chip Roy, uh, like Lauren Boebert, uh, I guess to some degree like... Jim Jordan, uh, although he voted for this budget deal, uh, like Jim Comer, who's investigating uh, Joe Biden and is waiting right now, is working uh, to get the FBI to turn over a document that shows that Joe Biden got $5 million pay for play while he was the vice president. So we need to invest in the people who we know we can trust in D.C. And then we have to clean house in 2024. We have to. We have to have a Republican president, whether that be Donald Trump or whether that be Ron DeSantis. Those are the two that I only feel like are viable candidates. Uh, and then we have to do everything we can to get them elected. Because 2024 is the existential election we've been waiting for. I said at the very beginning of Joe Biden's administration, I said that at this point, since he was installed as president, it would be a matter of how much damage we could stop him from doing before he's out of office. And thus far, the damage he's done to the country, I think, is breathtaking. I think it's, it's worse than I ever could imagine. I mean, you look at the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which was a, a knife in the heart of Afghan veterans, Gold Star families, because literally it took us back to September the 12th, 2001, and gave the Taliban not only uh, a renewed position of power, but $85 billion worth of our hardware and the country of Afghanistan. So there's that. And then there's the southern border. The southern border is wide open, and they've been lying to us about it ever since. Inflation. Uh, Joe Biden also made us energy dependent. We're literally having to go to OPEC, even though we're sitting on oceans of oil. And it's a matter of now preventing as much damage as we can before the coming election. Right now, I, I, Donald Trump is already talking about how do we defeat the Democrat Party 
in their ground game uh, with mail-in ballots and all of these things and playing by their rules uh, and getting out and, and, and going out and meeting. We, we need to do whatever it takes while at the same time uh, continuing to uh, go after Joe Biden, go after uh, uh, you know, election malfeasance, and, uh, and doing what we can to stop the same thing from happening in 2024. So, you know, that's all I can tell you about that. But here um, is, um, we know that uh, a lot of things were said about January the 6th. I said on January the 7th that it was a Reichstag moment because if this, in fact, were a massive insurrection, as was played out by the media, they had their, their stories locked and loaded the next day, that it was the worst, uh, the violent uh, insurrection that we've ever seen since the War of 1812, I knew that was false because they opened the Capitol for business two hours later, and there was no damage to the interior of the Capitol. So I, I knew that something was afoot then. And then we find out this, and, and I had seen this before. On January the 6th, uh, Donald Trump did this video while the supposed insurrection was happening, and he tweeted it out, and they took this down. All right. They took this video down. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into. We know now that is absolutely irrefutable the fbi the the cia the doj intelligence officials all had their hand in throwing the election to joe biden by covering up hunter biden's laptop and then saying it was russian collusion and then saying it was a russian plot all of that was a lie which helped get joe biden elected the hands of these people we have to have peace so go home we love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. That doesn't sound like an insurrectionist. I mean, and, that, and by the way, again, Twitter, who had uh, you know booted Donald Trump, Facebook that had booted Donald Trump, they took down that video. They took it down on January the 6th. If they were concerned about what was happening at the Capitol, they would have taken down a video where Donald Trump would say, like, go into the Capitol and take over, take our country back. He never said that. But they took down the plea that he was offering, saying, go home in peace, which shows that not only was he not part of the insurrection at the Capitol, because people had already left the Trump rally to attack the Capitol while he was still speaking, and there was a, an impeachment proceeding that failed to prove that he was involved in it. So there is that, all right? And then you got January the 6th tapes. Nancy Pelosi, we know, turned down uh, an assistance uh, from the National Guard that Donald Trump had offered, knowing that a lot of people were coming to Washington, D.C. The Capitol Police chief said that they had been warned that at least 15 terrorists, American terrorists, were coming to D.C. At that point, the only American terrorists who were active were Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And if you don't believe me, look at the damage that they caused in the summer of 2020. 
and yet nothing was done. Well, John Solomon has give, been given access to the uh, to the January the sixth tapes, and he is not beholden to Fox News like Tucker Carlson was, and he can go ahead and put it up. And here is what he is saying about what he has discovered thus far. We have spent hours going through the footage, trying to come up with the ones that have the greatest public interest to the American public. And so uh, we're going to see security vulnerabilities at January 6th committee. The Democrats committee didn't want exposed. They didn't want you to see some of these extraordinary moments. For instance, while officers were in the front of the Capitol fighting for their life uh, to keep people out of the Capitol on the front side, right? We see some of those violent confrontations on the back side of the Capitol. You're going to see early next week uh, a, an easy entry door that the cops made available by hitting a fire door, and all of a sudden, uh, remember the magnetic door that was suddenly opened? That's what he's talking about. Hundreds, not dozens, but hundreds of the ultimate uh, people who went into the Capitol go in uncontested by the police through a back door. Now, I said on January the 7th, how could somebody go up to what presumably would be one of the most secure buildings in the country? A few years before this, they built a $1 billion annex onto the Capitol where tourists could come through and you got to go through all sorts of security. But for some reason, people were able to go up to the front of the Capitol, tap out a little uh, square of glass, reach in and open the door, or be let in. Does that sound like a uh, a Capitol that is secure, or does it sound like an open invite to people to come in? A massive security failure. We're going to show you things about the pipe bomber and why it seems implausible that the FBI can't figure out who this suspect is. Based it's amazing what the FBI can't find. They couldn't find who leaked the Dobbs decision at the Supreme Court. That should be pretty easy. I mean, that should be a real easy to do. But they haven't been able to figure that out. They haven't been able to find a pipe bomber who's seen literally on videotape and uh, the forensic evidence and nothing. So what we've Thank seen, you. Yeah, uh, that's a big one. You've been talking about that for a long time, mm -hmm. and you're right about it. Yeah, and then there's uh, and then there's this from John Solomon again. Uh, presumably, I guess early next week is when he's going to share what he's discovered about the January the sixth tapes. Um, you're going to see the Secret Service uh, uh, taking a certain action that is going to raise questions about their security protocols on the morning of January sixth. Um, we think that you'll also enjoy watching how Nancy Pelosi exited the building because it looks more like a Hollywood scripted moment. Now, Nancy Pelosi literally had her daughter-in-law in the Capitol doing a documentary. They had a documentary film crew there on that day and Nancy Pelosi, if you've seen some of her prepared lines like, I'm gonna punch Donald Trump in the face, it was there for a reason. It was it was a setup. Here's a little bit more from John Solomon. Then an emergency evacuation. You'll understand that tomorrow night. We're going to start with that tomorrow, and then we're going to build each day. What we're trying to do yes. is focus people on the unresolved issues to a person. Every single Capitol police officer, executive, uh, lawmaker that I've talked to says the United States Capitol is no more safe today than it was on January 5th. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. So if our United States Capitol was caught with its pants down during an insurrection, don't you suppose that if the insurrection were so serious that the Capitol would be fortified right now? Or maybe it was just a trap. Um, you're going to see the secret circle each day. What we're trying to do is focus people on the unresolved issues to a person. 
every single Capitol police officer, executive, yeah. uh, lawmaker that I've talked to says the United States Capitol is no more safe today than it was on January 5th. Yeah, why is that? Unless it was a, it was a shakedown, it was a setup. We'll find out. Uh, I'm interested in finding out. Uh, there are a lot of questions that need to be unanswered. The, the biggest one, why are you hiding the videotapes? Uh, Steve, you hold on. You'll be next. Uh, your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's The Rob Carson Show. So we started off talking about the uh, the budget and uh, Kevin McCarthy's capitulation and... I, I kind of left that in the dust today because, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, what are we going to do today, to be quite honest? It goes to the Senate. It's going to be rubber stamped there. Uh, we know that Mitch McConnell is completely down with it. We also know that, uh, that Chuck Schumer is down with it. And um, so uh, now, now I say that what we have to do is, is look to the future. If you're, if you're thinking there will be any last-minute finagling or, or uh, Rand Paul will be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to waste my time on it until I see something actually happening. So we focus, we focus on the future. That's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on the future and what we can do to uh, affect that future. In the meantime, let's go to Stephen. In Baltimore. Steve, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How are you today, my friend? I'm fine. How are you, Rob? Yeah, you know, I could be better. I, I, I wish that uh, our federal government was listening to us, but uh, but now we know where we are. All right, you're living in a fantasy land. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to call about um, McCarthy that we really should have a vote to vacate him, even if it's just one vote, just because it should be a shot across the bow. Yeah. And it it gets a lot easier to do it the second time uh, if he screws up again. Yeah. So, yeah. But why it won't happen is he controls too much money. So well, me, uh, the guy that get, you know, puts his neck out and says, all right, let's, let's get you out of the office isn't going to get any money in the next election. Well, you know what I find to be interesting, Steve, is, um, you know, I think all of us had this uh, awakening moment in January uh, that uh, there were 20 Republicans who were holding Kevin's uh, feet to the fire. We thought we had some safeguards in place. We thought that he was going to uh, behave on our uh, in our best interests. And uh, and then this happens. And now we've got more excuse making. Now we've got all of a sudden after 90 plus days of uh, Joe Biden not coming to the table after the Republicans pass their own resolution and the whole deal. Kevin McCarthy takes the ball and then punts it. And so, you know, it, it's it's I don't know where we go from here, to be quite honest, because we had uh, this this line in the sand that we were drawing for Kevin McCarthy. You got to do this or you're gone. And here we are the day after that he did it. And, and I want to know what, what's going to happen. Are we going to go back to business as usual? Are we going to go back to Kevin McCarthy? I mean, th- I mean, apparently, you know, John Solomon has the Jan 6 tape. That's great. You've got Jim Comer. He's, uh, he's uh, going to hold the FBI in contempt for that document. But, uh, but we're still, you know, spending our, ourselves into oblivion. And we gave Joe Biden everything that he could possibly want. As far as spending is concerned, they say $4 trillion added to the national debt, which now will put us at $35 trillion. And then there's a possibility they could do even more. So I, I, don't, I don't see the... Uh, 
I want to. I want to see hell. I want to see him held to account. Uh, I, who would you like to see replace McCarthy? Are you with the? Are you on the Byron Donalds um, uh, bandwagon? Well, I want somebody that's conservative, and you yeah. know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really care who it is as long as he lives up to uh, you know watching our money and watching our country. I don't know if there's any – I'll have this question, Steve, if, um, because you have to have so many votes uh, to get your speakership. Uh, if they boot Kevin McCarthy, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to get somebody who's worse uh, because, you know, a whole bunch of Republicans voted for this budget deal as well. So Which I don't my know. My second point, yeah. that, I, that all these guys that voted for it, guys and gals, that voted for it should be primaried with a strong – opponent yeah yeah and there were over 100 and, uh, over 140 of them voted in favor of this thing and 100 of them are rhinos anyway so you knew they were going to vote for it yeah yeah steve uh can i ask you this who are you leaning toward as far as uh, 2024 is concerned i'm a trump trumpster all right yeah. so I'm, i think he's the only guy that can actually change washington I, I have that feeling, too, and, and I get always get accused of being a, a shill for Trump, um, but uh, I do support him. I do feel that he was uh, screwed out of the 2020 election, and there's no doubt about that now. We know the federal government was involved in it, um, but I, I, we need a warrior in there. We need a proven warrior who knows what's going on in D.C., who has, uh, Donald Trump has been under withering attack uh, the, for seven years, and uh I just I, I that that these he's who I'm leaning to uh, right now, and I don't see I don't see changing my mind anytime soon. Something's yeah, got to be done, think, though, Steve. Something's got to be yeah, done. I think Ron, you know, Ron DeSantis is a good candidate, uh, but he was part of the swamp at one time, and uh, he is conservative. So I, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a good second choice for me. But I'd rather see him follow Trump. Yeah, yeah. But let Trump do the cleaning up because he's got nothing to lose. It's like he's in his second term. Yeah, he can do yeah. whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are poo-pooing that, but there are a lot of people who tr- support Trump that feel like he was cheated out of a second term, want to give him a second term. Uh, and I don't blame him for that. And it's going to take a whole lot to get them away from Trump to vote for DeSantis. We'll see. Regardless, the country needs to be fixed. And it ain't getting fixed right now. Coming up, a Caught the Stupid update, gender confusion update, and Chris from Georgia, you're next. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Let me ask you this. When you look at the things that are going on in our country right now with uh, Biden corruption, the uh, overspending, the southern border, the uh, the fentanyl crisis, uh, the war in Ukraine, does Chris Christie, does he look like the solution? Really? Uh, does Mike Pence look like the solution? Does uh, does uh, does any rhino? Does any does any uh, uh, Mitt Romney wing Republican seem like the solution to any of that? I don't see even the point of Chris Christie throwing his hat in the ring at this time because nobody looks at him as a uh, solution to what is facing our 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 country right now. And and even Democrats are are realizing that uh, we're in a lot of trouble. And 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 Democrats are angry too. And and I don't blame them for being mad. And I'm just I'm not talking about bad guano crazy leftist Democrats. I'm talking about my brothers and sisters who uh, were like my dad. My dad was a Roosevelt Democrat. There are a lot of people who are Kennedy Democrats. And a lot of Democrats love the country. We don't give them enough sway because there are so many out 
outspoken Democrats and the Democrat Party is run by nutbags, complete nut jobs that are down with all of this. Uh, there were a few Democrats who voted against this uh, preposterous budget. I, I presume only because AOC was one of them that it wasn't extreme enough for them. But maybe there were a few who really think we're spinning ourselves off a cliff. I, you know, I, I probably wrong there. But there are Democrats who are legitimately tired of it. And I'll tell you another thing. Dem- there are some Democrats who don't like being force-fed Joe Biden. There are common-sense Democrats who are looking at this guy and going, you're kidding. His brain is gone. He's the least popular president uh, since Jimmy Carter, which is a crown that I never thought that I would see disappear in my lifetime. They know that Joe Biden is not able to fulfill the duties of the White House. 60% of us or 66% of us believe that uh, Joe Biden, if he was reelected, would be disastrous for the country. 72% of us believe the country is going in the wrong direction. And yet, I would assume that there are some Democrats who are going, why are you forcing Joe Biden? Why do I not have a choice? Why is uh, nobody interviewing Robert Kennedy Jr.? Why why is there not a field like with the Republican candidates? You know, you've got uh, the, the front runner right now is Donald Trump. But look at some of the other people there. Look at Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a fantastic guy. I don't think he has a chance right now. But, you know, he's getting his name out there. And, and he is a powerful voice of conservatism. I love it. Ron DeSantis, very successful in Florida. Uh, He's showing how it's done. People are moving in mass to Florida. But the Democrat Party, you're kind of getting scrawled, right? This is James Vanderbeek. He was on this uh, uh, Dawson's Creek TV show, a little more millennial than my generation. My generation was more like Melrose Place. But here is uh, James Vanderbeek, who was on this show. He's out for a little walk with his dog, and he's talking about being force-fed Joe Biden. And this is a Hollywood liberal, and he's not happy about it. Democratic National Committee is saying there will not be a debate to decide the nominee for president. Are you kidding me? There's no debate over an 80-year-old man who, if he lives, will be the oldest sitting president in the history of the country. And if he doesn't live, has a vice president whose approval rating is worse than his? This guy's obviously declining mental faculties. You're putting him up in front of a podium with flashcards telling him who to call on and what the questions are going to be. What about the will of the people? If we don't have a debate, this is not a democracy by the people. It's a democracy by... Yeah, and and see what the left is doing to even Democrats now. Now, even Democrats, you've been on the winning side of things, you know, you've been getting things uh, your way for a while, but now even Democrats are beginning to realize that our federal government is on your side either. The, the, The federal government is not on your side either. I mean, you might get your spending bill and all that, but honestly, that's about it. They're not on your side. They've already made up their mind who their presidential candidate is going to be. You don't have a choice in it. So this is why I said when you hear things like 72% of the American people are not happy with the direction of the country, that to me says that we can come together to right the ship, right? Uh, we, We can come together on this. And, and as far as the radical lunatic fringe, particularly left, they're the most active, they're the most destructive, screw them. Screw them. I want to go to uh, Chris in Georgia. We uh, heard, you know, John Solomon has got the January the 6th tape. Chris uh, was actually in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th, and Chris joins us right now. Hello, Chris. Tell us your story. You were down there? I was down there because I am an election denier because, as you always say, I'm not 
stupid. Yes. And I watched the Arizona hearings. I watched the Pennsylvania hearings. I went down to the Georgia special session hearings. It was complete evidence of fraud. I wrote every congressman, every senator in Georgia, asked them for call, to call for a special session, and nothing was happening. And we were just super frustrated. There was a group that I signed up to go. I went by myself because I worked the polls that day, drove up Tuesday night. Or let's see, I worked the polls in the morning. And, no, my husband. Anyway, I got, was it on Wednesday? January 6th? I can't remember, but... You were in D.C. on the 6th, yes. I was in D.C. on the 6th, but I had also gone to a Stop the Steel rally in Atlanta, and I went down there. There was rows and rows of Atlanta police officers. There was National Guard behind them. There were National Guard tanks behind them. I get to Washington, D.C., go to President Trump's rally. I'm talking to retired police officers, retired military, like, why are you here? They're like, we want to see... You know, this could be a historic day. There's going to be evidence of the election fraud debated on the Senate floor, and it's going to be a historic day. It was happy. Everybody cleaned up after themselves. There were bands playing. And then we walk up to the Capitol, and I get up there, and I'm like, I can't believe they're letting people climb all over the statues. Like, I, it was everything about it was surreal. You know, Atlanta, Georgia had National Guard and tanks and everything. I didn't see a police officer the whole day. And... Everything about it just reeks. I mean, one of my friends called me at one point, and she's like, is that our people doing the violence? And I'm like, well, I did hear tear gas and stuff like that. But there were these guys around in, like, khaki suits going, move in, move in. And, you know, I'm older. I'm 63. And people around me were all like, what are you telling us to do that? We're here, you know, just to support the Stop the Steal and all that. And everything about it felt wrong. Yeah. So at one point, I walked back on, and they're like, you're inside the barriers. I looked behind me, and there were barriers laying down on the ground that I had not seen. So I went back because, you know, I'm a law-abiding citizen, and I'm not. And then, anyway, long story made short, I had gone back to my hotel and gotten on the train when somebody texted me and said, Mom, there was a girl killed in there and, and all that. But So then I get, you know, I get back to the hotel and watch a Fox News. I'm like, oh, my gosh, who were the people that lost that day? The people that were going to debate the election fraud on the Senate floor. It was all a scam, and it was – they started. They did yeah. it. They planned it. Well, I, I believe that, but, you know, we've been told that we're insane, Chris. Uh, we were told that we couldn't uh, talk about anything. The government literally created a department of disinformation and misinformation and told us that we should, uh, we should uh, 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 you know, believe what they say, even then we know the truth. And, and it's been about everything, including January the 6th. I mean, the conversation we're having right now was not allowed on social media exactly. for a for a, why why Chris why can't it be your opinion why can't you have an opinion about the 2020 election why couldn't you have an opinion about Hunter Biden's laptop or Russia collusion all of them have been proven to be uh, true there was no Russia collusion with Trump Hunter Biden's laptop was for real and the FBI and the DOJ and the and the uh, IRS were all involved in the 2016 election and the 2020 election Chris so you know the why. Why Why couldn't you say anything uh, about sure. January the 6th? Can I ask you this, Chris? Were yeah. you ever contacted by the FBI? Did they ever use a cell phone data to get a hold of you? No, I was kind of scared to call today because I'm like, um, no, they weren't. I literally, I did not, I mean, I didn't even go within, you know, I don't know, maybe yeah. 100 yards or no, probably 50 yards of the Capitol. But I just had a sense, like when I, and literally, because we were all worried about Antifa. 
And actually, I did see videos of them unloading Antifa stuff. You know, there's a lot of videos that came out that I saw right after of people videotaping stuff that I never saw again that have never been brought up. So my biggest concern was that there was going to be Antifa doing something. So the whole time I was there, I was like looking for an escape route just in case Antifa came because at that Stop the Steel rally in Atlanta, there was this huge group of them all standing out there. But because of the, the big police presence, I wasn't afraid. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, All right. Well, Chris, I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling today. I'm just tired of being gaslit. Uh, Uh, Well, you can't. Don't tell me what I didn't see. Exact 100%. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, there's a new video online, um, the January the 6th rap. And I think it's kind of funny because there are all these content creators, like the guy who did the Target rap, which went to number one on iTunes before Pride Month, which starts today. Yeah, last month, all that stuff about you know Target and Dylan Mulvaney. It wasn't even Pride Month. This is the month. So the, the radical LGBTQ have destroyed Pride Month. Nobody's going to pay attention to Pride Month now. They ruined it for everybody. But this is a uh, uh, that 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 video went number one. There's a new song about uh, with featuring Carrie Lake, which is called uh, "81 Million My Ass." It's pretty funny. And then there's uh, there's this, and there's a, a brief uh, uh, beginning with uh, a Kamala Harris again saying that January 6th was the worst thing since Pearl Harbor. So I want you to listen to it. It's actually very good. I'm not a big rap guy. It's kind of on like like Eminem kind of sounding rap, like not really, really hip-hoppy rap, but here it is. September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Newsflash, nobody gives a f*** about it. We all admit that shit was pretty dumb, but that's about it. When we saw the news, we were shocked and we were kind of tense. Like, damn. Then we forgot about it by the 10th. Yeah. Nobody's walking around stressing over Jan 6. It happened and that was it. We haven't gave a damn sense. It's all good when riots are kept in the hood, but now you're freaking out because this was in the neck of your woods. Now it's a big deal. Now it gets real. Now it's important to us. Not back then in 2020 when stores were boarded up. Not back then when goods were looted and folks were brutalized. Not then, but right now because it happened to the suit and ties. Huh. That shit's way above my head. We were f- all year with demonstrations that left dozens dead. But people like Nancy didn't flinch. In fact, they loved it then. People will do what they do. Think that what you said? Yep. There's literally compilation videos of you and all your colleagues inciting this kind of crap. So it's very fascinating to watch you swallow your words. You put your own foot in your mouth and now you're forced to dial it back. It's fine when you encourage it in my town, in this town, in her town, when the whole city's being burnt down. You smile as you give the green light for mobs to rob. But as soon as it comes to you, then it's a problem. There you go. There you go. It's starting to cut through. Let's go to Keith. Uh, Kevin, I should say, in Millersville. Kevin, welcome to the show. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Rob. Uh, don't, don't ever stop championing that cause. That's a great song. Complete setup. Okay? Yeah. Just a coincidence that her, her, her daughter's there filming uh, the Speaker of the House that day to see her in action. Um, yeah, and she right. had the ready-made lines, like, I'm going to punch Trump in the nose. It's so stupid. Dear God, we're not hey. stupid. It goes back to this. I remember uh, when they had the Breonna Taylor uh, 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 riots or something, or, or after that that jur- uh, case was decided, and they, they had the rider truck pull up, and they showed, showed everybody um, coming up, and they handed out the signs out of the rider truck. Yeah. Everything <laughs> yes. is concocted yes. by them. You know, I remember Saturday Night Live. They used to do um, skits on Reagan, making fun of him, like he, like because he, he was an actor, and like it was all an act. And of course, um, one of the greatest presidents of our time. But but really, it's come fruition now this is all an act everything is a scam let me tell you something about target too just bring that up i remember 
you know, when the, the Black Lives, they're, they're in Minneapolis, uh, based in Minneapolis, and their stores got uh, looted. And their excuse for it, they made an excuse was that the rioters were coming in to get milk to get the, um, to uh, stop their eyes from stinging. That was, that was yeah. their... their, um, their <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It's remarkable, Kevin. And nobody, nobody from the FBI has gone after the people who tried to burn down St. John's Church and chase uh, Donald Trump into the, uh, the the White House bunker. Nobody is being uh, gone after for trying to burn down the Portland uh, uh, courthouse, even though the FBI had the same cell phone data they went after January the sixth protesters with. It honestly, like I said, anytime you heard the words misinformation or disinformation in the last four years, uh, it came from the government. And it was always against things that you knew in your heart were absolutely true. And these dominoes are falling one by one, and it's cutting through. And we get, you know, we suffer setbacks. Last night, that budget deal, a setback. But good is going to win. Good is going to triumph. And we have to. We have to support the good people in D.C., and then we need to just say we're done with the rest of it. Listen, i got to go. Thanks for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. Back in a second, you're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Donald Trump says he's the funniest man on TV. Just wait till he hears him on the radio. It's the Rob Carson Show. Just finished taping my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World for the Weekend, and it is uh, epic. And if you haven't watched uh, Newsmax lately, it's just uh, so refreshing. Um, you know, Tucker Carlson was let go from Fox. Fox is leaning left, and all of the great guests that you uh, come to expect are all on with our great talent like Rob Schmidt, uh, Victor Davis Hanson, Matt Gates, I can go on and on. Everybody who is somebody is on Newsmax. Newsmax beating CNN. Even though they're in 20 million fewer homes, download the Newsmax app. So this is going to be number one on the iTunes charts uh, right away. This is a new song that's come out on the heels of the Target rap that went to number one on iTunes this week. Uh, some An urban uh, uh, approach to what's going on in Target. And this one is called 81 Million Votes. Pardon the, uh, the French. 81 vote, million votes, my ass. If you would have told me two years ago, three years ago, that I would be in the middle of a political movement, I would have said, put down Hunter's crack pipe. Right now. Right now. Oh, I can't afford the groceries. Oh. I can't afford your gas. Right. It's bad flesh and cross the nation. 81 million votes, my ass. I'm going to tell you, that is, uh, that's like uh, all summer long Kid Rock from like 12, 15 years ago. That's going to be big because not only is it, uh, you know, to make a point, song kind of kicks butt too, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of kicks butt. Okay, before I uh, go today, it's time for a, a Caught the Stupid update. Here it is. Stupid, 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 people, 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 people. Just plain stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Mr. Blue. Who got stupid? So uh, i got to tell you, there's no way you're going to get smokers to stop smoking unless you make tobacco illegal. But, you know, the government doesn't want to do that because they love that sweet, sweet tax revenue, so they keep coming up with stupid crap. Like, Canada's going to be the first country in the world to put health warnings on the cigarettes. It's got on the cigarette that you smoke. They're actually adding a carcinogen to the cigarettes. They're putting ink on the paper that you'll inhale. 
And it says cigarettes cause cancer, tobacco smoke harms children and poison in every puff on the cigarette itself. Is that going to stop a smoker from smoking the cigarette? No. What it's going to do is it's going to cause the cigarette smoker to light up and say quietly to themselves, bleep you to the government. That's what it's all about. The new tobacco products appearance packaging and label regulations will be part of the government of Canada's continued effort to help adults who smoke to quit to protect youth and non-tobacco users from nicotine addiction. What happens when somebody rides your butt about everything? You do it, right? You, you just do the opposite? I, I know this because, like, every once in a while my wife will get into a little tit-for-tat. and She's like, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'll just say, you know what? I'm not going to. We ain't going to do this. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to. Nothing against. It's not not that we have a you know bad relationship or anything. It's just there's a point where you're like, you know, it's like when the federal government tells you you need to do this, you need to do that, and you're like, you know, the more you push me, the more I'm going to say no. The more you expect me to believe that uh, the 2020 election was completely fair, uh, fair, uh, I'll just say no. So that's what they're doing in Canada. So every time <laughs> their solution to to getting people to quit smoking is to literally print with ink on the paper that somebody's going to inhale uh, the, the message that cigarettes cause cancer. Uh, the only way that you'll be able to get people to stop smoking is to make uh, tobacco illegal or just leave people the hell alone because we already get it. They're bad for you. Okay, that's it. Yeah, there you go. That'll that'll do it. Just putting a, a, a label on. You know, it's funny. I, I smoke an occasional cigar. You don't inhale uh, cigars, and I enjoy it. Tobacco is not our enemy. It's what, uh, it's what we've done to it. All right, uh, I'm going to take a break here, come back, wrap things up on this Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Have a glorious day. Make sure to check out Newsmax's terrific lineup and download the Newsmax app on your phone. I will see you tomorrow. God bless you guys. Keep your chin up. We're going to win. We're going to win. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See you then. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.